Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. I'm the host of your show today. I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Now, that might be the mission of the nonprofit that you work at or the many missions of the many nonprofits you work with if you are a freelance grant writer. Okay, so um, before I get into today's episode, which is a really exciting one, um, and it might be a little controversial, I don't think so, but... Yeah, now, let's see. Anyways, um, before we get into that today, I just want to let you guys know that I do have a free masterclass coming up on freelance grant writing. So if you want to know how to launch and grow a freelance grant writing business, uh, yes, you can do that. Um, Please do join me on October 13th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, If you want to go ahead and sign up for that link, it's going to be fun. Uh, Do go ahead and go to grant writing writingandfunding.com forward slash 187 and you'll also be able to see the show notes um, for today's episode which actually has a lot of links so you're definitely going to want to check that out and I do also um, ask of you a favor if you love this podcast episode today please do share it with somebody this is a really good one as we're going to be talking about a very touchy subject And I think the more we have awareness on this, it's really important. So if you are inspired by today's um, podcast, and also it's a full article on the website, once again, at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 187, please do forward it on to a woman freelancer or a woman grant writer who might be interested in becoming a freelancer. All right, because we're going to be talking about how much you should get paid as a grant writer. Okay, so this is exciting. All right, because so we're going to be talking about this. We're also going to be answering the question, do grant writers get paid less because most are female? Ooh, I told you it's going to be a doozy today. So please do, once again, sign up if you're interested in transitioning into freelance grant writing, or maybe you've been a freelance grant writer for a bit, but you just haven't really gotten the momentum to really grow your business do check out my free masterclass. Um, You are going to get so many good things out of this. Once again, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 187. All right, so let's go ahead and get into today's episode. All right, so let's go ahead and answer this question. Do grant writers get paid less because they are females? Oh, now that is a fully loaded question but worth the heavily weighed answer. I've actually been going back and forth with this question with other grant writers, such as do grant writers get paid less because most are female, or even do grant writers, are their rates high enough, right? And this is really, I've been doing a lot of research on this, reading some great books like Rachel Rogers, We Should All Be Millionaires, fantastic book. Um, so yeah, do check that one out. And, and a number of other books and just um, personal development, etc. And there's a lot of imposter syndrome and there's a lot of systemic um, gender issues around pricing. When we I really looked at this, I put it into a masterclass actually for my grant professional mentorship program that I have. Um, and we had a masterclass last month on how to price like a queen, right? And this was kind of the beginning of it. So I wanted to share some of this because 
it's just so good. And I know a lot of the mentees got so much out of this, which just quick little buzz there. Uh, if you're interested in the mentorship program, um, that's if you are in your freelance grant writing biz and you want to have continual just resources and a community to be a part of, I will be opening that again in 2022. So you can definitely get on the wait list. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and get into this. So we've been talking about this. I've been doing a lot of research, like I said, and I've been talking to other people, too, in the industry. And one of the biggest questions I get from my grant writing students is, how much should I charge for my grant writing skills for my services, right? And I'm not going to give you a magic number on in this podcast of what you should charge, but I think we first need to understand why we keep peering out into the information universe known as the internet for this question instead of tuning inward. What I'm going to share with you in this podcast should wake you up a bit and hopefully create some change right across this entire female dominant landscape in this industry of grant writers and be real positive change um, in what you should actually charge. All right, so let's go ahead and ask the question, why female grant writers charge less versus males in general? And I love this quote by Dan Kennedy. Um, He says, and this is from one of his books, also it's a really fantastic book on pricing. Um, He says, if you are self-employed, you write your own paycheck, but the amount on the paycheck is preordained long before it is actually inked. It begins with your price strategy, and that is preceded by your belief system about price. A lot of this, oh my gosh, this gets a little woo-woo, but hey, it makes sense. A conversation I recently had with Rachel Waterman, who is just amazing. Um, She's also another freelance grant writer. And we had a simple conversation about, is 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 the reason why this industry, like, you know, versus other money-related consultancies, freelance grant writers don't charge a lot, right? And we were wondering, is it because it's dominated by females and they're not charging as much? So I'm peeling back the layers on this. All right, so are freelance grant writers, is it dominated by women? The answer is yes. So according to Zipia, 65.7% of employed grant writers in the United States in 2021 are women. This is a lot, right? Now, this statistic does reference employed grant writers versus freelance grant writers, but chances are it's about the same percent and maybe even more of who transfer from employed grant writer into freelancing. And just in my courses alone and students and the grant writer freelancers that I see out there, most are female. And I love being in an industry surrounded by women. However, this makes me a little hesitant when freelance grant writers um, or grant writers looking for a job are actually saying, okay, should I just look online and see what the market is charging? And that's my baseline. Okay, so a lot of times if you say, I don't know what to charge, so I'm just going to look at what other people are charging in the same industry and then charge that much. Now, this is a, a major red flag. Okay, you can get somewhat of a baseline just to see what's going on. Um, I'm not saying throw it all out the window, but we have to be careful here because if we say a majority of uh, people in this industry are women, and we're going to see here uh, through this this podcast that women on average charge less than men, then you might be undercharging based on the industry standard. That definitely makes me nervous. 
and no disrespect here, but hear me out because I will honestly point the finger at myself. All right, that was me before. I was not charging enough for my grant writing services. And if I felt that way, many other female grant writers are probably also suffering from systemic gender wage discrimination and are pricing too low, right? So if a lot of women are charging too low and that is the industry standard, then we can't really just go by that sucky industry standard, right? We have to go ahead and look internally and say, well, what is the real value here? I know um, on Her Money, which is a great podcast, there was an article that she also wrote about how one woman consultant would say, I don't even look at the female, the females out there that are consultants, how much they're charging. I go straight to see what the men are charging. And then I base my <laughs> more around that. No, I mean, that might be a better baseline than looking at what women are charging unfortunately. But after doing some real research, I did have some major epiphanies. And what I found out is that don't feel bad about this right now. If you're saying, Holly, oh my gosh, but don't you like the women out there? Yes, I do. But the problem is, is that there are still very real systemic issues with gender gap pay. In the face of sexism, many women struggle to see the true value of our work, and we end up charging less because we don't think we deserve more or as much as a man. And you might say, no, that's not me at all, but this could actually be a part of your subconscious. Because in our guts, we know we deserve it, but society has told us that we don't deserve more than a man. Society has told us that our priorities are what? Having babies, cooking meals, cleaning up, taking care of others. And not to say that I'm like against all of those things. Like I have a daughter and I loved having a baby and all of that. I love um, being with others and volunteering for nonprofits and all of that. But, you know, you can't just say because a a man, then his priority is work and then family and a woman, her priority is family and then work. Like those are just, you know, stereotypes that we need to break, right? Um, Because a lot of our lives are fulfilled by alignment um, rather than prioritizing these, these major things, right? Like, I like fun stuff like writing grants and securing millions of dollars for nonprofits and enjoying my life, right? Yeah, there's that, right? And But what do I mean by systemic gender issues, right, and discrimination? The thing is, is that it really is this inequality is still a part of society, And if we just look, women have only gotten the right to a vote about 100 years ago. I think it's 101 years ago in 2021, right? It just happened. That's really not a long time when you look at for centuries men were able to vote. So, and just what women even had to go through with the women's suffrage movement to get that right to vote is just amazing. So our influence in politics has been pretty new, relatively new, right? And of course, when it comes to capital, i.e. money, it was just in 1974 that women in the United States were able to get a credit card in their own name and not in their husband's name. I mean, that is crazy. And I'm going to age myself here, but I was only born a couple of years after that. You know, that, and I'm pretty young. (laughs) It wasn't that long ago. I mean, really, if we look at it, that really wasn't that long ago that society even trusted women with money. Like, that's ridiculous. So this is quite new, um, once again, relatively speaking, in our entire society, right? So, and just, I'm just going to touch on media just for a second. 
Um, I mean, movies when I was growing up, it's funny. I'll watch some of them now and I'm like, oh my gosh, there was so much sexism in it. And I didn't even realize that there was, right? Um, movies like Working Girl, Made in Manhattan. I mean, just so many, right? There's a lot of like these feminist kind of movies. But if you look at it, you're like, that's crazy that, you know, that women are still stereotyped so much. And I can't even get started on, on, um, some of the more popular movies, like the pub, pop culture, very sexist, right? I mean, even, you know, Friends, the sitcom Friends has had this huge resurgence, right? And even that, I mean, Monica was a chef and she talked more about wanting to have a baby than what her restaurant was to open, right? So it's just like there's so many things that surround us in commercials and media and everything else that says women should be this way. We should be sexy and we should be, um, you know, vulnerable and we should be taken care of and all of this when it's like, wait a second, what? (laughs) So, so many systemic gender issues that just surround us and it pervades the media, politics, and even the economy um, that you may not even really be aware of. But I hope just hearing some of these things has, you know, kind of opened up your, your, your mind to say, oh, maybe that icky feeling I get when I think, what should I price you know, my service at and I start feeling uncomfortable and I'm wondering why is this uncomfortable if I'm just putting down like $50 an hour? Why am I feeling uncomfortable for that? Well, it could be that there's all these systemic issues that surround you concerning gender that are a part of your subconscious that you haven't even been aware of. So um, really important, you know, even $50 an hour, guys, come on, come on, woman. Like, let's, let's get our prices up, right? So let's go ahead and say that's a good segue into the next point, which is women just are not charging enough as consultants um, in general, right? And so you may be aware that women overall earn an average only 82 cents per every dollar that a man earns. And it's important to note that women of color experience a deeper divide and only earn 62 cents to every dollar a man earns. So... That's pretty crazy, right? And that's important too to also say, let's be aware of that and let's, when we're freelancers then, when we're able to set our own price, let's not keep that kind of consistent wage gap going on just because that might have been how much less than a man you earned at a job. It doesn't mean that's how much you have to charge as a consultant. So are women consultants charging more? The thing is, is that they're not. So you would think that women freelancers, now that they can set their own price, that now all of a sudden they're going to charge more. And maybe they're charging a little bit more than they got paid in their salary. But overall, research shows that women freelancers earn 28% less than men. Additionally, FreshBooks put out a survey that said that 20% of women uh, freelancers believe that they must charge less and give steep discounts Um, compared to their male counterparts to get and keep clients. Oh, I might have (laughs) just like opened up the door to something there, right? Um, So this is really important that we say, um, why why would we charge so much less? Now that we can set our own prices, why are we still stuck in this wage gap? And once again, I'm not like, I'm not hating on anyone. I just want you to be aware that subconsciously you might have been doing that without even really realizing it because of the systemic issues 
But now that you're aware of it, and now that you see, oh, maybe I can price higher, okay? Now let's go ahead and take a look in that. And even during COVID, what I found was that for employees, 73% of women have not asked for a pay raise during the COVID-19 pandemic compared to 58% of men. Um, so men are asking for raises more over than women as well. And I've seen similar case studies on women freelance grant writers not raising their prices during the pandemic, whereas men are. And clients are paying those prices. Additionally, studies show that men often apply for jobs when they only meet 60% of qualifications. And I've actually seen a lower number than that as well. But women only apply if they meet 100% of the qualifications for that job. And why is this information related to consultants? Okay, here's the thing. If you as a woman are bidding on grant writing projects where you might or might meet less than 100% of the qualifications, um, do you just pass it by? right? Don't stop doing that. Even if you don't meet 100% of the qualifications, right? Go ahead and bid on those projects because chances are that a man freelancer is out there bidding on it and he could be way underqualified compared to you, but just the fact that he's out there bidding on it, he could get the job because you're not, right? So really, let's stop putting ourselves down. Let's get ourselves out there. All right, so let's go ahead and look at another thing. So what about what about the freelance grant writers who are women out there who have been in the game for a long time? Does that actually start bridging the gap between men and women? Well, I'm here to say that this one makes me sick to my stomach. A 2017 survey stated that women professionals with over 16 years of work experience earn 45 to 50% less compared to their male counterparts. What? You would think with more experience that women get, the more confidence they would feel with their, their pricing. But research shows that due to not raising prices often enough and other systemic issues, experienced female professionals lag ridiculously behind men. So that is something for you to consider that, you know, you might feel like, okay, I finally made it to $150 per hour and I have made it, right? Do you need to stay there for 20 years? No, you don't, right? There is no ceiling. There is no glass ceiling anymore. Right? It's that glass ceiling that we um, have started to believe in and to create on our own. There is none. So we need to break it. So do female grant writers, I'm going to ask this. This is a fully loaded question, you guys. Do then female grant writers deserve a higher income? Uh, a resounding yes. <laughs> Yes, I had to ask that question because I know some of you may be stuck in trauma and thinking that shameful question, that shameful thought. Not only should women demand and ask for equal pay or even more if you're qualified, with the right experience, right, you can demand higher rates. The Clinton Global Initiative reports that working women invest 90% of their income back into their families and community compared with only 35% for men. Oh, snap, that's right. Making money is not an evil thing. When you as a woman earn more money, you invest it more wisely. It is a good thing. Female grant writers do deserve a higher income. So really take that to heart. And I know that might have been a hard question to ask. You'd be like, why would you even ask that, Holly? But the thing is, is because of these systemic issues, because of how society portrays women and how we were raised in that just complete whirlwind, of stereotypes, 
Um, this can be sometimes a question that we feel like, oh, this is shameful that I'm earning more money or I need to volunteer all the time to be like, to look like a good girl, right? Those types of things where that's not serving anyone. I'm sorry, but paying you and paying you well, whereas you are going to invest more than a man into your community, that is a good thing, all right? So, all right, so let's go ahead and get to this now. Now that I've kind of broken it out down and you might be like, oh my gosh, there's so much around this. And if we're not charging enough, if, you know, how, how can I charge more? How can I actually charge the rate that I really feel valued at? So let's get into this. So the way female fe- freelance grant writers can charge a real rate. Lovely lady, you may be so stressing out about what to price your grant writing services at, but first, Take a deep breath. Let's see how to move forward now. Number one is awareness. The first step in changing anything is having awareness. You may have some trauma or insecurity around pricing, and that is normal. But normal doesn't make make it okay to continue where we have been right? Society has told women we don't deserve an abundant income, but we need to tell society, oh yes, we do. After all, the more of us that repeat that yes, we do mantra, that becomes more of the fabric of society. So be aware of why you may get that crazy, uncomfortable gut feeling around pricing. It's not mystical to feel so damn uncomfortable. It's how women have been raised. It's what society has told us. But now that you are aware of that, it is time to start to demand change. Number two, take action. We can overcome the gender discrimination system as this system is broken by our beliefs first and then our actions. So go ahead, evaluate your pricing and see if you need to increase your pricing. <clears throat> you probably do. Don't worry about what your customers, you know, if they're going to follow you or whatnot, because chances are you probably haven't even reached out to enough people, right? They may not know all your prices anyways, um, but you can even raise your rates, right? Of course, give a notice to your current clients that you're going to raise your rates. If you demand a high price, stop giving deep discounts and raise your prices as well, then your customers are going to adapt and you're going to attract the right type of customer. I have seen too many women pricing low to get jobs. <clears throat> like I said, I used to be there. And then the customer pays that amount thinking you are cheap and must not be that good. And honestly, they won't respect you as much when you're giving too much deep discounts. They become that troublesome client that drives you nuts. So it is our duty to increase our prices to reflect our value. Because if we do, those other women out there Googling freelance grant writer rates will see that your higher price is all of a sudden the market standard. Let's raise the standard together. And finally, number three, move forward with confidence. As stated, working women invest more into their communities and families compared to men. Don't be a martyr thinking volunteering is always so noble. Why don't you charge the price that accounts for your actual value and then set up a foundation to give out $10,000 plus grants to causes you believe in? Or allow you the time off so you can be president of that nonprofit and make real change in the community instead of worrying about having enough money to feed your family? 
Uh, one lady I've been following recently, I love her, Leonie Dawson. Um, definitely check her out at leoniedawson.com. Um, she has become a, a multimillionaire, and now she talks about she can actually give to all of these amazing causes, right? So she gives out donations. She's been able to help. She's in Australia. Um, so she's been able to help like battle the, the huge wildfires and, and just climate justice and all support climate justice, all of these things, right? That she's been able to donate to. And she's like, man, if I wasn't charging what I do and I didn't have the mindset that I do, I wouldn't have this type of impact in the world, right? So how would that feel, right? So move forward with your confidence because when you're charging your real value, that's when you can really step into power and change and really feel yourself empowered to make that change, right? We've got this together. So please, um, that's what I got. If you want to check out the full article, please do visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 187. And please do feel free to share this podcast with more women freelancers out there because I really do believe that just hearing some of um, the awareness, getting this awareness can really help us tap into our value so we can really start having a bigger impact in the world. All right, female freelance grant writers out there, you girls deserve it. You guys are amazing. And uh, for all you men freelancers out there too, I'm not taking digs on you guys. I'm just stating how things are and I'm really supporting my women out there. So I love the, the men out there too who do support women who are also feminists and who do stand up for pay equality, you guys rock. Um, and for all my females out there, you got this. We are going to change the world one woman at a time. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.